to the Upgrade Parent Podcast, episode 069. Your scene to chat about life, family, and of course, Humphrey's Bikini. I'm Sarah Tukiniak, podcast host, writer, mom of three, wife, and total Humphrey. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the show. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode, which featured a recap of the band's shows at Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire on August 29th, and at the Stone Pony in Ashbury Park, New Jersey on August 30th. There is a link in the show notes where you can give that a listen. This week, we'll chat about the final two shows of Summer Tour at the Paramount in Huntington, New York on August 31st and at Saranac Brewery in Utica, New York on September 1st. Before we dive into that, I'd like to tell you about my sponsor, Swift Charge. Maybe you've heard of them or seen them at festivals sometime this summer. I mentioned in my summer camp recap episode how absolutely amazing it was to have their charger during the weekend. If you are not exactly sure what Swift Charge provides, you pre-order a charger, and then when you get to your festival, you go to their booth and pick it up. It suction cups right to the back of your phone and charges while you rage the show. The charger runs out of power anytime during the weekend. You just take it back to the booth, switch it out for a new one, and you have unlimited charging the entire festival. And the charger is yours to keep forever. When you leave the festival, take the charger with you and then recharge it at home. Mine is the same. It's the same charger for my phone. So super convenient. And then I take it anywhere with me. I throw it in my purse and I use it when I'm out with my kids, running a billion errands, even when we're on a road trip traveling to the next show and I don't want my phone to die because we're using Google Maps. I use it all the time. I love everything about the convenience of this too. Swift Charge will be providing portable charging. Yes, this includes four-year vape pen too at live music festivals throughout the rest of the summer and into the fall. There is a link to their site in the show notes where you can see a complete list of where they will be. And especially for my listeners, if you use promo code Sarah. S-A-R-A at checkout when you pre-order a charger, you'll receive 10% off. That is promo code Sarah, S-A-R-A at checkout, and you will receive 10% off. I also wanted to mention if you're looking to get the word out about your shirts, pins, jewelry, prints, band that's going on tour, or small business that is looking to work with some like-minded folks, um Freak Parents Podcast would love to help you get the word out. UPP is currently offering custom-made packages that will fit your specific needs and budget. Packages include ad time on the podcast, social media plugs, product reviews, and more. With hundreds of downloads per episode, about 50 new episodes a year, when you advertise with UPP, your ad will be heard by tons of fellow umfreaks, musicians, and other kind folks looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow um family. Email umfreakparentspodcast at gmail.com if you're interested in chatting more. 
Quickly, I wanted to pass on the exciting news in case you missed it. Some winter tour dates for 2020 have been announced. They are January 17th and 18th at the Beacon Theater in New York City, January 19th at the Brooklyn Bowl in Brooklyn, New York, January 23rd at Penn's Peak in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, January 24th at Stage AE in Pittsburgh, PA, January 25th at Express Live in Columbus, Ohio, January 29th at the Clyde Theater in Fort Wayne, Indiana, January 30th at MGM Northfield Park in Northfield, Ohio, which is basically Cleveland. It's about three hours from me in Buffalo, so kind of gives you an idea um, of where that is in Ohio. January 31st and February 1st at the Fillmore in Detroit, Michigan. February 12th at Graceland Soundstage in Memphis, Tennessee. February 13th at the Caverns in Pelham, Tennessee. February 14th and 15th at ExploreAsheville.com Arena in Asheville, North Carolina. And then, of course, the already announced Iceland date for March 20th through 22nd. Already starting to put together the 2020 puzzle. I am planning on the Ohio date, the two nights in Detroit, the caverns, which are going to be absolutely ridiculous. Seriously, if you don't know, it's like actually a cave that they're going to be playing in. I'll link the info on that place um, so you can check it out. I've been wanting them to play there ever since I heard other bands in the scene of play there. Um, I know Government Mule is playing soon, uh, before the end of the year. I know that they're playing there. Uh, Keller Williams has played there. I know STS-9 is is playing or has played very recently. Um, and I'm pretty sure that when it opened, Billy Strings played one of the first uh, shows there. So a lot of other great bands that have played there. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. The scenery is just absolutely beautiful. And I know that they were working out some logistics to make it happen at that venue. And I'm super happy to see that they did because it's going to be ridiculous. Like I said, there's a bunch of information about that venue in the show notes if you want to research it a little bit more. Tickets are already on sale for these dates. They went on sale this past Friday, the 27th, if you're listening to this when it airs. Um, so I'm not sure what is sold out and what is still available, um, but I will link the info you need in the show notes. Also, UMVIP is available for the Beacon Run, both nights in Detroit and also the two nights in Asheville. I will also link that information in the show notes as well. All right, so let's get to these final two shows of summer tour. August 31st at the Paramount in Huntington, New York. The band has only played this stage and this city one other time over four years ago, January 18th, 2015. This evening would begin with the floor. I love it when they open the show with this one. Last time that we saw this was last year at the Capitol Theater in Port Chester on October 14th. And little fun fact, the Capitol Theater is only like an hour away from this venue in Huntington. This song that we usually see opening a second set or either closing a set or an entire show 
I believe is a really fun way to get the evening started. And when I see this in the opening position, you're just kind of like, all right, buckle up because <laughs> this is where we're going tonight. And that is definitely seen with the jam nestled inside the song that would come next, Day Nurse, noted on the set list with Extended, begins to embody that slightly before five and a half. Andy taking the lead for a little bit, but heading fully out about a minute later, tickling Day Nurse slightly underneath its adventure about 10-ish and stepping fully back in only a minute later. This next one, <laughs> Roulette, and if you know me, you know this is the song I'm chasing, and I recently missed it during the Brooklyn run. They played it during the VIP set, and while my husband and I were at that run, they played it during the VIP set, and that was like the only time we've never done VIP, <laughs> um, and it's because we decided to do the run at the last minute and, you know, needed to do it on the inexpensive side, so did not go the VIP route, and of course they played roulette, and they played roulette the day before the Utica show that I was at this time. Um, so I'm sure there are some of you listening that totally feel my pain and understand, have a story very similar to this one. So I guess the chase is still on, which I'm okay with, you know, oh darn, I'm going to have to go see more shows. Um, and I'm, I'm really okay with the possibility of getting a roulette during the Iceland run. So a little butthurt, but not totally butthurt. A wonderful DBK sandwich next, dedicated to the folks in the audience with the chickens on their heads. I love Bayless's little banter with the crowd. It's, it's one of my favorite things. Inside this DBK, we would see a standalone Visions that in itself would contain, according to All Things Umphreys, a third stone from the sun by Jimi Hendrix, as well as a ring of fire by Johnny Cash Tease. The front half of this DBK enjoys its own little journey prior to its transformation into Divisions, and although this Divisions is situated in between DBK, it does not mean that it's lacking in any way. Clocking in at about just a little bit over 16 minutes, it wanders out early for a little bit where we see that first tease from Hendrix that I just mentioned, dancing merrily back into Divisions really sinking in and getting comfortable at about five minutes, only staying there for a little bit before setting its sights on returning home to Divisions, setting it down at the end of the song, only to instantly be scooped up and carried right back into DBK. That was a very delicious sandwich. And then remind me coming out to close the first set in Huntington. Set two opens with looks enjoying the expansion and rebirth that we've seen with this song recently. The new life that has been given to this song certainly has made me enjoy it in a totally new way, featuring a little All Things Ninja tease inside there, perhaps a little hint of something to come in the future. Looks is honestly, I believe, a wonderful platform to spring an All Things Ninja off of, a song we haven't seen in almost a year. October 18th at the Canopy Club show last year is when it was last played. Night Nurse next, 
featuring Alric Carter, I hope I said your name right, from Talk on Keys, and Casey Cranford from Big Something on Saxophone, Big Something, the opening band on all four nights of this little Northeast run. A fun fact from Nachos for All on Twitter, and if you are not following him, I will link him in the show notes because you need to. This is the seventh time that Umphreys has played both of the nurses in one show. The other times were September 5th, 2012, February 17th, 2013, April 17th, 2014, in the same set but not in order, August 28th, 2014, October 19th, 2018. This is the first time it was played day right into night. And February 23rd of this year also played day into night. Crucial Taunt next, followed by Mantis Gets, played only a total of 31 times, including this one here. And seeing a nice little show gap of 224, last played March 19th, 2017 at the Observatory North Park in San Diego, California. That will step seamlessly into Mantis, a standalone version here that will adventure out on its own about five and a half, starting out with a lot of determination and confidence, kind of losing its footing a couple minutes later getting a little more loose in its stride, but that does not stick around, getting that determination back, progressing on, and beginning its landing back into Mantis a little bit after 11 minutes, floating way out and swaying back in beautifully about a minute later into the second half of Mantis. A cover of the Pixies tune, Where Is My Mind, next, Played only a total of nine times, including this one here. Not played since last year at the Fire Show on August 18th in St. Augustine, Florida. If you haven't given that show, the 8-18-18 show, definitely do that. That's where the attachments is. So I'll link that in the show notes if you haven't given that St. Augustine show from last year. Listen, because you definitely need to. Um, and the second set would dance out with the silent type. An encore of Mulch's Odyssey would close out the evening. And I think Jake's little, uh-oh, <laughs> right before it revs up is just perfect. A spot-on kind of reaction to what we all know Mulch's is capable of doing to finish off the evening properly. So finally, for this week's episode and the final show of Summer Tour, September 1st at Saranac Brewery in Utica, New York. The band has been playing at this venue for quite a few years, starting back in 2005 on September 10th, waiting five years to return, coming back on actually my birthday, August 4th, 2010. I sadly was not at that show. Life circumstances at that time prevented me from going, although I definitely wanted to because I heard that the brewery was offering 25 cent beers at the show. I think it was a thing they did that whole summer because I believe it happened also when Mo was playing there. Um, I'm not totally correct on that, but I think so. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that was an awesome time. They've also played at this venue in 2011, 
2014 and 2016. I was at 2014 and 2016, which was very awesome. They played in Uncle Wally for our wedding anniversary in 2014 for my husband. That was the song that he was chasing at the time. And then 2000, nope, 2016 is when we were there for our wedding anniversary. I'm sorry. And then 2014, we were there. It was the day before my birthday, August 3rd. And I was pregnant with my son, Brendan, at the time. So that was awesome. Except it rained, and they only wound up playing one set. So that part of it sucked, but it was awesome in other respects. Um, I will be honest with you, though. If you've never been to Utica, it's not really a city that there's a lot of other things to do in town when you're there um, outside of the nightlife um, and the show. We stayed about 30 minutes outside. Um, I've stayed in Utica before after Mo years ago um, and stayed at like a Red Roof Inn. So if that's where you want to stay, but we like to stay in other places. So we decided to stay like 30 minutes out and stayed in this awesome Airbnb that was basically a treehouse. It was like 30 minutes outside of Utica at this nature preserve. Wellness Stay is the name of it, and I'll link it in the show notes. And it was pretty freaking cool. It was, you know, semi-rustic. There was no indoor plumbing, but there was electrical. Um, there was a loft in the top of it and a kitchen area and like this really cute uh, reading spot like up in the top and it was just absolutely beautiful honestly outside um, trails and a river this river and just all this awesome stuff it was raining um, you know after the show and then in the morning when we were leaving so we weren't able to explore as much as we wanted to but we were able to check out the trail outside of you know where we were um, and it was very cool. There's a bunch of pictures um, on my personal social media, if you're friends of mine, um, on there. It was very, very cool. Um, I will link all of it in the show notes. If you want to check it out, it is also on Airbnb, so I'll throw that on there, too. It was just a very cool little spot to to be and check out. And so props to my husband for finding that one because he found it. I was a little peeved. I'll own this, though. I was a little peeved at first because... It was so far out, but it wound up being okay on the way home. So it was all good. We had a good time. Um, so anyways, <laughs> this show, the first set, would start with nothing too fancy. And we would later find out the entire show would be actually this gigantic nothing too fancy sandwich. And the journey inside of this, all the little pieces and adventures, just quite amazing. And... I thought about these four Northeast shows being the end of just the spectacular summer and spectacular month of August for the band. I mean, honestly, and all of them were fantastic, but I feel the first show, the Hampton Beach, New Hampshire show and the Utica one really stuck out for me. I mean, Utica was also number 70 and the end of the summer tour. So all that was factored into, of course, but the, uh, the, the Northampton Beach Show definitely is up there. It's hard to pick a number one, of course, but for me, it tips between these two. Nothing too fancy being left behind and dancing triumphantly and full of energy into Bright Lights Big City. This would be the 
regular version of the song containing the lyrics. We do hear some of what they started doing last summer in Indy at the White River show with this song about four minutes, just jamming with it instead of adding the lyrics. I personally feel that that's the best version of that song. August 11th, 2018. Uh, Bright Lights, check that out if you have not. Breaker coming out next. And personally, super psyched to see this one. I've not had the pleasure of seeing it live. So this was my first one. And it's one that I've mentioned to my husband like when we're watching the webcast that I wanted to see. So super happy to check that one. And it was very nice. Professor Wormbog strutting out next. Stay sick. Getting down to the grittiness of it very early on before two minutes. Starting to get its voyage out there, seductively dancing on for a little bit before stepping back into Wormbog. A little Can't You Hear Me Knocking by the Rolling Stones can be here, heard teased in there as well. Make It Right with Triangle Tear to Follow, dedicated to all the folks up front that have been at most of the shows, and I know who you are. At least some of you. Um, so props to you guys, man, to be able to do that. It's that's hard on the body for sure. Um, and then Den, Den dancing out next with the first set, closing out with wife soup. This entire second set, they really were giving all the steam that they had left with this summer tour. Sort of like that last part of your workout and you're just like, fuck it, I'm going to push myself. That is definitely what was going on with this set and we definitely reaped the benefits of it. Coming out of the gate with Phil's farm, we knew we were in for it. I mean, come on, it's Phil's. <laughs> Sinking into this 80s funky but also very metallic sound about four minutes getting more comfortable in itself about a minute later as it continues on, coming down slightly after 12 minutes to collect its thoughts before getting back up and dancing back into fills. Higgins raging out next. And then what is about to happen with this kitchen ocean billy, the first sense waffles departure, back into kitchen and then back into ocean billy, Yes, that was quite an adventure that honestly I've had to listen to a few times to fully wrap my mind around just the full extent of what we went on with that. The first half of this kitchen will have this quote unquote stew marked on the set list and it would head out about four minutes, continuing on for a few minutes and rounding the corner to reveal itself as Ocean Billy this massive and swelling, just and engulfing everything. I love that so much about that song. And I will say that the beginning of this, I did miss Waffle. All right. That, that I, I will own that. Definitely missed Waffle in this part. But as the song went on, Elliot absolutely made it his own. So beautiful. So you know, there are going to be parts where we're going to be like, damn, you know, but it's, it's okay. Elliot is doing fantastic. And the next guy is going to do awesome as well. 
the jam sinking into an exotic adventure about six minutes, that would continue to seduce for a little bit, trying to keep its aggressive side under wraps, but not successfully, fully opening up and soaring right back into kitchen. But we are not finished yet. You have to finish that Billy that we just left behind. I mean, honestly, if you haven't not listened to this, you most certainly need to. And it's not that this was massive enough, that this was not this huge thing that just happened and we're all just like, what the fuck? It's the last date of the summer tour for the band. Like, putting that into consideration, like, listening to this, you're just like, it's unbelievable that they still had the momentum to pull something out like that and just, it it blows my mind. It, it really does. Just phenomenal. And if that wasn't enough, Joel rips it right open with Women, Wine, and Song, and I just, I love that song so much. I mean, especially that opening part with Joel. I mean, ugh, come on. But this my favorite Joel and Jake song, 100%. Resonating this massive stranglehold by Ted Nugent tease inside of it, too. And then seamlessly segueing into Cut the Cable, bringing it all full circle. And the second set to a close with the conclusion of that nothing too fancy that got the evening started, just like, God damn, guys, come on. So then, this is the greatest part of it, and I was so excited to tell this story about my son anyways, and then this happened with the encore, so I was even more excited. So the encore was just one song, and seriously, that's all we needed, and Earlier in the day, before we left, my friend, my daughter's friends from two houses down came to the door, you know, wanted to know if she could play. So as she's getting ready to go over to their house, my son is standing at the door and he says to them, do you guys know ACDC? Well, her parents are much more conservative than I am and therefore do not listen to rock and roll music. So naturally, these children were like very confused by my son Brendan's question. So in an attempt to avoid a meltdown by a four-year-old who now had his, you know, dreams dashed of these kids knowing ACDC, I mean, I'm sure we can all sympathize with him with somebody not knowing who one of his favorite bands is. So I'm standing there and I raised my hand and I was like, hey, you know, I know who ACDC is. And he was like, yeah, super pumped. So fast forward to a couple hours later, we're at the Humphrey show. And as I mentioned, show number 70. And they encore with Thunderstruck by ACDC. And it's a song that they haven't covered since September 24th, 2015. Like, seriously. (laughs) Again, they pulled out the most perfect song. And I am not a huge ACDC fan. And honestly, I've only really started 
learning more about them and appreciating them because of my son, Brendan. Because if we're not listening to Umphreys in the car, he'll want to listen to like Queen or ACDC he really likes or he loves the Beatles. So, you know, I'm learning more of these things because I don't want to listen to the same fucking ACDC songs over and over again. So it's been really awesome to dive into these things that he likes. And the coolest thing is, is if that would have happened in my life and like I would not have my son, I wouldn't have appreciated it as much as I did. So that's a very, very cool thing too, is to appreciate this and have that feeling because of him. And in a really silly way, I felt it was like the band's way of saying to my little um freak, buddy... We sure know who ACDC is, so, you know, don't worry about it. People know. It's okay. I mean, it was just absolutely awesome. And Jake on the vocals, like, there's no way that he didn't fuck his voice up so hard. But it was so good. And he, the passion, he enjoyed every minute of that. And Baelish shredding and the lights. And I mean, it was just so awesome. It really, really was. And such an awesome way to just send everybody home and, you know, end of summer. It was just the best. And again, I just, I just fucking love this band. So that's all I have for this week's episode of the show. Anything referenced throughout, including the set list for the shows discussed, as well as where you can listen to them, can be found in the show notes. If you have any questions or comments about anything talked about in this show or any other episode, please feel free to reach out. I absolutely love hearing from you guys, so please do not hesitate to contact the show. How you can do that is in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you around these parts next week. Much obliged.